Up next is the Daily Devotional by Pastor Tim Dodson, pastor of Believer's Church in Menominee, Wisconsin. Subscribe to our podcast by visiting burningdogradio.com and clicking on subscribe. Thanks for listening to Burning Dog Radio. The Gospel of Luke, Chapter 8. In verse 19 of our text we read, His mother and his brothers came to him, and they could not come near for the crowd. Now some people told him, Your mother and your brothers stand outside desiring to see you. But he answered them, My mother and my brothers are these who hear the word of God and do it. It seems today that the modern church has taken upon itself the mission of waving the flag of the family. Now, in itself, that is not necessarily a bad thing, certainly in a world that sees the disintegration of what we know of as the traditional family structure, and in the world is certainly reaping all of the social consequences of that. But as usual, man has such a difficult time finding balance and finding perspective. The family first idea has become so mainstream today within the greater church community that it is now accepted well as a scriptural mandate instead of merely a good and moral secular idea. This subject, and what Jesus had to say about it, causes conflict with the average family-centered individual. You see, for Jesus, there was a bond greater than that of the earthly family, and he taught it, and he taught it here. In this instance, his family was not making a social call, nor were they there for the same reason he was. Despite the fact that he was busy ministering, well, they were interrupting his work. They no doubt wanted him to come home. Scripture seems to tell us clearly that his family was far from supportive of his service to God, and no doubt his time away from them. Scripture presents a picture that sees them at first as happy and supportive of Jesus, but that began to change and uh, when the cost to them began to add up. The world was, in many cases, full of criticism and even violence toward the son and their sibling. No doubt such persecution and Well, whispers were often aimed at them too, and they wanted nothing to do with it. Matthew 10.37 says, He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he who loves son or daughter more than me isn't worthy of me. Way back in the Old Testament, Deuteronomy 13.6-9, it says, If your brother, the son of your mother, or your son or your daughter, or the wife of your bosom or your friend who is as your own soul entices you secretly saying let's go and serve other gods which you have not known nor your fathers or or of the gods of the peoples who are around you near to you or even far off from one end of the earth even to the other end of the earth you shall not consent to him nor listen to him neither shall your eye pity him neither shall you spare neither shall you conceal him but you shall surely kill him Your hand shall be first to put him to death, and afterwards the hands of all the people. Hmm. Serious language. I mean, that doesn't sound very family first to me. 
In the minds of Jesus' family, it was time for Jesus to stop all this nonsense. Time to come home. You're working too hard, Jesus. You're, you're losing your mind, Jesus. And how easy it would have been for Jesus just to pack it up and go home. I mean, after all, the family probably needed him in the carpenter business. Certainly the pressure would have been off of him. Obviously, comfort is God's desire for each of us, right? In a time where the news seems to constantly speak of cults and destructive bonds within religious movements, man today is quite reluctant to form church-family relationships. And this, of course, serves Satan's pursuits very well. For because the body of Christ fails to have the unity that God wants it to have, churches then struggle with division and strife in what should be a loving and supportive family. The church family, by God's design, is supposed to be our counsel and is supposed to be our first family. Finally, take note of whom Jesus refers to here as his mother's or as his mother and his brothers. In this, there is a vast chasm between those who say they are our spiritual family and those who really are. His family is not just those who hear the word, but those who actually do it. Those who do what he has already said, which will never conflict with what he has told us and will tell us personally. Verse 22 says, Now, on one of those days, he entered into a boat, himself and his disciples, and he said to them, Let's go over to the other side of the lake. And so they launched out. Verse 23 says, But as they sailed, he fell asleep. A windstorm came down on the lake, and they were taking on dangerous amounts of water. So, Jesus here now moves to cross the lake at this point, and the boys begin their journey of failure almost immediately. But I want you to please note that Jesus herein didn't say, hey, let's give this a try, or hey, let's make an attempt. Listen, when Jesus says, let us cross, he means he's indeed going to cross. Like we often do, the disciples did not pay attention to what Jesus had already said. They would then, in the midst of their crisis, try to pump Jesus for immediate information. Does that sound familiar? Such situations are not really the best time to receive a precise supernatural unction from God, wouldn't you say? I mean, the fact is, when God speaks to us, it is nearly always a progressive revelation. You see, that's the pattern we see throughout the Bible. Whether it be Moses or Paul or Nehemiah, etc., etc., all these men discerned their road ahead by building upon what God had already told them. They obeyed step by step, and then God gave them further direction. However, if and when he does not have or or does give you a singular standalone supernatural word when he speaks to us in that way, you need to know it never contradicts what he has already said previously in his word. No one is going to get some super independent, uh, super biblical message from God. If we ignore that fact, if we refuse to hear that and acknowledge what he has already taught us in his word, then we are apt to hear only, well, our flesh speaking, or even worse, Satan's directions. 
Throughout this storm, I want you to notice that Jesus was calm. So calm, it seems, that it looks like he took the opportunity to catch a few Z's. And as he slept, a storm arose. Now, two things come into focus upon learning that fact. One, storms will always come, so they should be of no surprise. And knowing that fact, we should not then be prepared to handle them when they do come. Secondly, Jesus was not worried. The storm had come, and yet he was in control, even if everyone else didn't know it. That was our daily devotions by Pastor Tim Dodson. For more information about Tim Dodson and Believers Church, visit jfbelievers.com. Music